This is CliffCentral.com. It is Monday afternoon. The time is two minutes past three. My name is Rosie Mothene, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. And welcome to my show titled Pan-African Connect, where we connect with all beautiful people from across the continent, whether we're talking about food, decor, travel, interesting habits, activism, anything that you can think of that is purely African, we are going to discuss it. Before we get into our subject for this week, where we go to... Uganda and speak to Chef Michael Bagana. Um, if you want to uh, send a message via Twitter, my handle is PrincessRTM. And of course, we're also at CliffCentral.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under Rosie Mutene. Or alternatively, you could call us on 0861-555-189. But before we get into our interview, we've got to listen to this. <laughs> Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the show. The time is six minutes past three South African time. My name is Rosie Motena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. And welcome to my show, Pan-African Connect, where we connect to beautiful people from across the continent, whether we're talking about food, decor, travel, activism, sport, anything that's interesting that has to do with our beautiful continent we are going to discuss it. And this week, we are going back to Uganda, where I'm going to be speaking to Chef Extraordinaire, Mr. Michael Bagaina. Chef Michael, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Very, very good. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me. So, Michael, you're, you're based in, 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 in Kampala, Uganda. Where, where, did you, where did you grow up before we get into, into, your, into your career and, and for your love and passion for food? Well, um, I was born in Nairobi, mm-hmm. Kenya, mm-hmm. Um, and I lived there for um, a decade. Yeah. Before moving back to Kampala. Yeah. Um, my being born in Nairobi was purely circumstantial because of the uh, political situation in Uganda at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, together with my family, we moved back in 1987. And um, I have lived more or less in Kampala since then. Yeah, I read in one of your one of your blogs when you told when you spoke about moving back and 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 the changes that you had to adjust to. And I mean, you mentioned it now because of the political situation in Uganda. Um, how different and how difficult was it for you when you had to move back and at such an early at such a young age? Well, I mean, to begin with, I didn't have um, friends. Mm. And um, I've not grown up accustomed to certain things like, you know, the lights being on every day. And, um, you know, you'd never see soldiers roaming the streets of Nairobi at the time. But in Kampala, it was different because there were soldiers everywhere and guns everywhere. And, um, you know, the roads were not good. And and, and it was just generally, literally a dark time. Yeah. And and over the yeah, years, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I've been to obviously I've been to Uganda a number of times, and and the picture that that you see and and what you experience in Uganda is totally different now. Um, well, how many years did it take that, if you can remember, of when the changes actually started to happen? 
Well, ideally, I would say, and and this is specifically because of um, my generation, mm-hmm. that that was sort of the focal point of these changes, and um, there was a rapid uh, change, there was um, rapid development of Kampala yeah. in particular and, and Uganda in general. Yeah. And I would say the last 20 years have seen a rapid change in, in culture, in in infrastructure. There's just been a lot of change. And yeah. it, I mean, having been there at the time to witness this change, um, I think it you know, makes us, uh, me and my generation, we do feel like uh, we've we've seen the rebirth of the country, and we've seen it grow over the last twenty years. Yeah, but but growing up, um, what were your your aspirations and dreams as as a child? Well, um, funny enough, I did want to join the army at one point. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think I think that's something um, that every little boy was... every little boy wants to at some point. If it's not that, it's uh, it's to be to, yes. to, to, to drive a train. So <laughs> that's it, okay. it, it, it is true, but. Yeah, I know it is true. Um, a lot of young boys want to join the armed forces, and um, I did have this conversation with my dad, and uh, but my mother was having none of it. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> I um, well, I mean, for me, being a chef was not a fallback position. I've always loved food. Yeah, and it was more about uh, being curious. Why? How is this made? How is this done? How mm. kitchens managed? And, uh, you know, I figured I can do this. Yeah. And make a decent living out of it. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's a passion. Um, I didn't go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, I, so when you, you know, didn't go to culinary I, school, when you went to um, Makerere University, what, what did you study? I was doing urban planning. Oh, wow. That's totally different. It is totally different. Um, I was doing urban planning because, you know, my dad had hopes that I would join his real estate business. Mm-hmm. Um, hopes that, you know, never came to life. Uh, I was always interested in what I'm doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I made my way through um, different places in the States and um, here in Uganda. And I learned on the job. Yeah. Which, okay, and, so, so um, after, 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 after you graduated, after you graduated, what was what was your first job or did you start working while you were studying? Well, um, what happened was I decided that I was going to get into into catering. Yeah. And I figured that the best way to do it was to just take that in your step. Right. And um, so I started a little company and I used to do a little um, few gigs here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't have much experience then. And not only for the cooking bit, which for me I think is came to me naturally. Yeah. But um, I didn't have the experience in terms of how to manage a business, uh, specifically a catering business. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I think that I, I know I needed to uh, learn a few things. Um, and I eventually made my way to the USA where I, I learned from uh, quite a handful of um, experts. Mm-hmm. And I came back to Uganda and uh, immediately was employed by one of the largest um, hotel chains here yeah. called the Imperial Group. Yeah. Um, and um, I was there for a while and I steadily rose to the position of sous uh, chef. Yeah, but before before we get into that, and, um, so you were studying. You were studying in the U.S. Which part of the U.S. were you at? Were you in? 
Oh, okay. Um, I was in Rhode Island. I was in um, Boston. Mm-hmm. I was in New York. Yeah. And uh, Maryland. And what what were the major challenges that 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 you you underwent when moving? I mean, I mean, we're talking about a ch- time where I suppose Africa was. I don't want to say undiscovered to, 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 to the Americans, but it wasn't, it wasn't the norm for, for a lot of, a lot of African students moving in. I mean, what were your challenges? Well, um, to begin with, Africa is still largely unknown. Yeah. As far as, um, cuisine is concerned. Yeah. Um, you will find that we who practice in this industry, um, everything we do, or almost everything we do is geared towards what is done in the West. Yeah. Um, so for me, the challenge was, you know, a lot of people were like, mm, interesting. So, you know, young African lad who come to, to pick up a trade and, and what do you want to do with it? And mm. my answer was, I want to take it back home. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, help the industry grow. Mm. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate in that the people that I met there were very helpful. Um, they couldn't do much about what it is we do in Africa because they had not the slightest idea and incidentally none of them had actually ever been to Africa. So mm-hmm. they knew nothing about um, you know, African cuisine or African culture. Mm. So it wasn't too hard. Um, I'll be honest. It wasn't too hard. Mm. Um, but it was good exposure for me as well. Yeah. Okay, so, so you, you came back to, 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 to Uganda and you started working at the Imperial Royal Hotel. How long did it take you before you became one of the sous chefs? Sous chefs, sorry. Two months. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're a fast learner, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Two months. Um, I, I mean, I put in the hours and I used to do 14 to 16 hour shifts. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, because of the zeal and, um, and and the self motivation. Yeah. I think my bosses realized that, you know, this is somebody who could be useful to the establishment. Yeah. And um before I knew it I was a sous chef and yeah, I, I did learn a lot there. Uh mm-hmm. it's a conferencing hotel so most of our um meals were based on mass production. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was it was a very steep learning curve but I appreciate it very much and I appreciate uh people that I worked with yeah. uh, or worked for for that matter. They, and, they really encouraged me. Yeah, and then after, I mean, how long? How long were you within the Imperial Group for? I was with the Imperial Group for little less under about two years. Okay. And yeah. what what was what was your next journey? What was your next your next um your next uh, Imperial? Well, um, I moved to Nairobi, mm-hmm. and I was working with an establishment called Bola which was um, an Italian restaurant. Right. Uh, how I got into that was uh, purely coincidental. Um, one of these people was in Uganda, and one time they had a meal at Imperial, and they were quite impressed. And So, you know, uh, we exchanged numbers, so on and so forth, thinking, yeah. okay, you know, whatever. I'll probably never hear from these people. But, you know, the call came through, and, um, and I left. So... Now, for me, that was a bigger challenge because if you look at the hotel industry mm. in Uganda, most of the qualified or experienced chefs do come from Kenya. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they are a priority as far as if you're going to give them jobs, 
yeah, they will always employ Kenyans first. But then you know, the experience and the good the work ethic. Yeah. So for me there as a Ugandan, a lot of people were surprised that there's actually a chef from Uganda practicing in 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 Nairobi. Yeah. Now I wouldn't want to say I was the only one because I'm not aware of any others mm. probably are there in existence. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people were were surprised and a lot of people used to come to the restaurant simply based on that fact. Oh wow! Um, of course, most of these were Ugandans. Mm. Uh, most of these were people known to myself. But yeah, it was good, and um, my time in Nairobi was also invaluable experience as mm. far as, as my career is concerned. You said Vola was was more of Italian cuisine. What 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 type of I mean your mainstream dishes that you were preparing at at Imperial? What 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 are you? What were they? Well, Imperial, um, Imperial, uh, like I said, because it was a um, conferencing hotel, so we used to do a lot of buffets. Right. Which were, um, there were an eclectic mix of the Ugandan cuisine and um, and um, Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did have, um, you know, continental European dishes as well. Right. So that was, that was like a, a melting pot of, of cuisine at the Imperial. Um, working in an Italian restaurant was something new for me. Mm. Um, but like I said, I, I, you know, I pick up things very quickly and, um, you know, it was, it was easy for me. Yeah. And I mean, everyone, I mean, I've worked, uh, not obviously not as a chef, but I've worked as a waitress back in the day when I was studying and there was always exciting and, and a lot of challenging, um, incidences that used to happen in the kitchen. And I mean, we don't have to, to mm-hmm. talk about the really bad ones, but what are some of the most memorable, whether it's good or bad, the choice is yours, but what are the, some of the most memorable um, uh, experiences that you've had whilst working in, in, in some of these kitchens? Well, um, there's quite a number. Mm. Um, and I guess uh, the ones that will come, of course, uh, to mind very quickly, uh, when I was still working with the period, which had uh, a large workforce. Mm. So you had all sorts of uh, characters in, in these kitchens. And uh, there were a couple of comical moments. And of course, like you mentioned, there were moments that were not exactly uh, the best. Mm. Because these are high um, um, high pressure and very tense workplaces. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people are on the edge and nerves afraid. And But the one thing that I enjoyed the most was... Um, the camaraderie, you know, the way we get together, mm. uh, your line chef, your sous chef, your chef de partie. At some point, it didn't really matter what your position was. Yeah. And uh, we always had something to talk about, and um, especially towards the end of the month when everybody was expecting to get paid. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, <laughs> we would always have uh, common I, I think, I think that's know, a universal like, conversation, you know. <laughs> Anybody waiting for yes, the paycheck. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but the one thing, and uh, one thing, and I think most people who work in the hotel industry will tell you, the kitchen staff um, run the show. Yeah, especially big hotels like this, because you know sometimes we'd be like, okay, if we're not getting paid soon, we're going to put down our knives and and walk out, and you know, even the hotel and would come and no, 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 we're arranging everything, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, sooner rather than later, we get paid. So. It was, it was that kind of thing. I mean, you know, of course, we hung out after work. Yeah. Um, and not talk about food for a difference. 
But now, but now, as as, well, as yeah, chefs think, going to other establishments, are you are you as critical about other people's food, or do you not just eat out? I've always I've always wondered that about chefs. Well, it depends. I do eat out, mm-hmm. um, but I eat out at um, specific places, places that I know for sure um, do quality food. Yeah. Um, otherwise, eighty percent of the I do eat at home. Mm-hmm. Um, my house up doesn't cook. She's afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I would also be afraid knowing who my boss is. Yeah. When did you move back to Uganda? How, how long were you in, in Nairobi for? <laughs> Hello? Then, yeah. Okay, the line's bad. We're just going to take a music break and then we'll, 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 we'll call Michael right back. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the show. The time is now 25 minutes past three. If you'd like to call in, the number is 0861-555-189. And on the line, all the way from Kampala, Uganda, we have Mr. Michael Bagaina. Michael, you're back. Hey. hey, that's much better. We lost you there for a second. Um, okay, so so we were talking about when, uh, okay. when you, you, were, you, you were working at the Valar Club in, 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 in Nairobi. How many years did you stay there before you moved back to, to, to Uganda? Sorry? I'm saying how many years were you in Nairobi before you moved back to, to Uganda? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was in Nairobi for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. and then I moved to Entebbe. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and what, what, what brought you to Entebbe? With, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was working with the Hotel Hotel, mm-hmm. which I think you're familiar with. Yes. Um, yeah, and I was there for two years. Mm. And and con- compared to um, to to working in 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 in, in Nairobi, where. I suppose you were one of the rare chefs um, because because you came from Uganda. What were the working conditions, and also what were the cuisine? What, what how different was the cuisine between the two different places? You, you, sorry, I didn't hear that properly. I'm saying, what were the major differences between working in in Nairobi and working in Entebbe? The difference between the cuisine in Nairobi and in Entebbe. Yeah, yeah, and also the working conditions. Uh, well, um, I said I, I in Nairobi uh, as far as working conditions are concerned. Yeah. Um, I wasn't exactly working with my best friends. It was a bit of especially due to the fact that um, I was with them. Yeah. Um, they didn't find, you know, they didn't appreciate uh, that simple fact. Yeah. Um, but uh, nevertheless, for me, I just, uh, I took it as, um, an opportunity uh, yeah. to learn. Yeah. And uh, I did learn a lot. Um, so when I moved to Patea, you know, I came in as somebody who was a little bit more experienced than uh, some of my contemporaries there. Yeah. Um, and um, Patea, well, because they were still relatively a new hotel, mm. um, there was a little bit of um, disorganization no, which is expected, but um, it was a good place, and I loved the working conditions there. Yeah. Uh, I loved my bosses, uh, who also provided me with um, 
you know, invaluable um, activity. Yeah. Oh, dear. We've lost Michael again. Okay, let's have some music and hopefully we can get a better line. Michael, are you back? All right. Pan-African Connect on cliffcentral.com. Okay, so the, the gremlins are getting us. Michael, I believe we got you back on Skype. Yeah, well, no, yes. this is much better. That's much better. Now we can clear you properly. Okay, we're going to backtrack a bit. Yes. So you 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 moved All back right. to to you moved to to Entebbe, to the Proteo Group, and and you said that your experience was amazing. Um, what what we didn't get across because the line was so bad was that what were the major differences and challenges between working in Nairobi and working in Entebbe? Uh, well, like I said, uh, working in Nairobi was um was a bit more intense. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I was working in um, in, um, a 75-seater restaurant, but our turnover, especially on um, on, on busy days, was almost 200, 250 um, covers. Yeah. Uh, this was, uh, of course, due to the fact that the restaurant was based at uh, a race course. So during the rest days, uh, we had a lot of um, people come through. So and it was a small workforce. Right. One you know, of five people. Wow. Uh, so it was more intense, but, um, you know, experience, as far as experience is concerned, um, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't ask for, for a better, better education. Yeah. Now, Protea, you know, a bigger workforce, um, and not that intense, because, like I said, at the time I joined, the hotel was uh, relatively new, so uh, largely unknown, um, not so busy. Yeah. Um, one of the issues, of course, that we faced was uh, because we had a lot of different uh, chefs coming through with different ideas. So there used to be a lot of conflict. Um, but, you know, eventually, you know, all these things were panned out and, um, you know, there's some semblance of of normalcy that was, was put in place. And unfortunately, I couldn't stay there for any longer than I did mm. because I decided to go back to school. Brilliant. Yes, um, and this was uh, to coincide with me starting my own business. Right. And what what did you study? Hotel management. Okay. Yeah. In, in Uganda? Yes, um, in Mkumba University, mm-hmm. which is uh, located in Entebbe. Yeah. Yeah, but um, for me it was just more or less, um, I got furious. I, I really wanted to know, I mean, I'd worked in hotels before, but only in, in production. Right. So I was curious. And just because that's my nature, I always want to know what else is going on. So I figured, let me actually study about the entire industry. Mm. Uh, you never know. It could come in handy. Yeah. Um, but my business, my business that I run today, that's called 1311, is geared purely and um, catering. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of outside catering. Uh, we train chefs. We do placement for chefs. Yeah. Um, we do consultancy work for different restaurants. And and different restaurants within Uganda, or is it, or do you have you branched across East Africa yet? Uh, well, um, I've had one client outside Uganda. This is in uh, Rwanda, mm-hmm. which is um, as as far as the industry is concerned, is, is still in its infancy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's in its infancy um, year with with a, with a lot of industries. You know, it's it's still it's still it's still growing. You know, whether what what yes, what, it is. Yeah, it is. Even here in Uganda, I would say. You know, it's still it's still a developing concept. Yeah. 
um, especially where fine dining is concerned. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of eateries where you can go and find your traditional local cuisine. Yeah. What, what, let, let, let's talk about that. What is the, I mean, I, I know what my favorite local Ugandan cuisine is, but let's, let's enlighten mm. some of our, some of our listeners and, and give us maybe one or two of the most famous traditional Ugandan dishes. Okay. Um, well, before I go into that, I'll tell you that, uh, of course, Uganda, like any other place in the world, mm. um, cuisine is um, on a regional basis. Mm. Uh, for example, here in Uganda, you find um, uh, matoke and uh, what they call wombo, which is um, a protein, mm. which is steamed in banana leaves. It could be chicken, it could be beef, it could be um, groundnut sauce, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's steamed in, in, in um, banana leaves. And it's a very popular delicacy. Mm. It's very easy to prepare. Yeah. Uh, where I come from, which is uh, the southwest of Uganda, mm. we you know love vegetables and things like pumpkin. Um, and then you have a dish called mpenjira, which is a mixture of of corn and beans. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you'll find across East Africa prepared in different ways, but with the same basic ingredients. Right. Um, so those are some of you know. I'll give you those two examples. Yeah. But you have, you know, if you go to different regions of Uganda, you ha- and you have things like Malewa, um, uh, which, you know, um, in some part of Uganda, mm. um, where different things are used for, you know, like cassava, which is quite popular across the country. Yeah. But prepared differently. Yeah. Some people grind it, some people uh, prepare the leaves, some people prepare the stems. So I think it really matters where in Uganda you are. Yeah. What is what is your favorite dish? Um, first of all, what was your favorite dish growing up as as a, as a child? A, a traditional dish. Well, growing up as a child, I was always, I, for some reason or another, and even today in my adulthood, um, I'm in love with potatoes. Yeah. Um, so generally speaking, anything with potatoes, especially mm-hmm. it's, if it's if it's a casserole. Yeah. I would eat and eat nonstop, <laughs> and actually at one time until I got sick and I had to have an uh, I had surgery because my intestines were blocked. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. But how many potato dishes did you eat after that? <laughs> uh, trust me, yeah. I, I I used to eat nonstop. Mm-hmm. I, I have I do have a healthy appetite. Yeah. Uh, to this day, but um, yeah, I would say. Um, potatoes and chicken. Yeah. In any form. Yeah. And my, my, my toki, I mean, my toki is my, my, my favorite dish. And hence, when I came back from Uganda, I put on 10 kilograms because I think I was eating it for breakfast, lunch, and supper. But yeah. how, well, how, I mean, I think it's, I think it's something else that's putting on the cages because my toki is 99% <laughs> water. So. Oh, God. Thanks for making you feel great. But how, what is the, what is, for, for somebody who doesn't know what motoke is, will you explain the process of where you get it from, how you prepare it, and what accompaniments you use, um, in, in whilst eating it? Okay, um, so motoke, which is, um, bananas, mm-hmm. um, which is different from plantain. It's just proper green bananas, which are peeled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the process of, of, of preparing them is to steam them. Yeah. Uh, now, the traditional way is to peel the potato, I mean the bananas, wash them thoroughly, mm. and then wrap them in 
banana fiber or banana leaves, fresh oh. banana leaves, yeah? Right. Then insert this in a cooking pot or a saucepan mm. uh, and pour some little water um, just to fill in the gaps, yeah? Yeah. Then cover that and um, the best way is to cook it slow over, um, over charcoal. Okay. Um, then, you know, it cooks slowly and at some point it gets really, really hot. Mm-hmm. So what happens is it's mashed. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Uh, it's mashed into um, a pulp, which is consistent. Um, now the best way to serve this matoke is with uh, groundnut sauce, mm-hmm. um, which usually just get groundnut, roast them, then grind them, and then um, make a, a thick sauce out of them. Yeah. Uh, they go hand in hand. Mm. And and that and that just goes down with anything else. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, because like like the granite sauce, uh, usually you know you you could have your simple granite sauce, yeah. or you could have granite sauce with a uh, smoked beef or smoked fish. Yeah. Um. And your your your. I mean, your the other the other. I mean, tilapia is is very very well known in East Africa. I mean, you can get it in South Africa, but it's not common. Um, there's also another, tra- another, I don't know if it's a traditional, but also, I suppose, a Ugandan signature dish is the deep fried yeah. tilapia. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole deep fried fish. Yes. Yes, it is, it is, uh, it is quite popular. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's traditional, but it's quite popular. Right. And, um, I, incidentally, if you look at menus in different restaurants in and around the country, yeah. it's one of the most expensive dishes. Yeah. Um, but just generally fish, yes, especially around um, places with lakes. Yeah. Uh, tilapia and uh, Nile patch uh, are very, very uh, popular. Then you have, you know, mudfish, lungfish, mm-hmm. um, which are also quite popular. Yeah. Now, moving back yeah. to you, and we touched on it earlier, was that um, fine dining isn't that popular within Uganda and with, I suppose, with, with certain parts of East Africa. What? Uh, where would you place, or or how would you best descri- describe um, um, African cuisine or fine dining within within your region? Okay, um, I, I like to look at it as a movement. Yeah. Um, fine dining is um, well traditionally, if you look at places like Nairobi, yeah, they have a very rich culture of fine dining. Yeah. Um, in Uganda, it's just beginning to catch on, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, this is because of the the period of development and uh, exposure that Ugandans have, you know, uh, have seen, mm. um, and also because of simple economics. At some point, fine dining was considered to be an expensive venture. Yeah. Now, most Ugandans um, in Kampala, uh, middle class, can afford to go out once or twice a week yeah. to a fancy restaurant. So the idea of fine dining is catching on, um, especially for those who don't have the time to cook for themselves. Right. Um, also, I think, like I said, because Ugandans have been exposed, you know, they've traveled, they've gone to school abroad, so they've come back and, you know, they still want to continue enjoying uh, the things that they enjoyed while mm. they were out there. Yeah. Because I suppose the, the exposure is corner. yeah the, the exposure is much yeah. is much grander than what it was ten to fifteen years ago. Yes, yes. So around the corner now you have a restaurant, you know, the places where you have restaurants right next to each other. Yeah. So the choices are, um, are 
you know, in numerical now, they're almost endless. You, you know, you could go to different places every day of the month mm. and experience different cuisine. And um, I think for us right now, what is left is to improve on the standard of service. Yeah. But as far as variety of food is concerned, uh, I think Uganda has come a long way. Yeah. And I mean, in the beginning, you said that, you know, when you were in the States, a lot of a lot of the places that you worked in and studied in, in, in the States was that they don't know certain areas or certain parts of Africa. So they were unknown about, you know, what was happening on the continent. Do you see like a major shift that's happened where the West are trying to, I suppose, copy or, 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 or duplicate what, what, you know, in terms of African cuisine um, within their regions? Yeah, I mean, right now you have a lot of um, um, chefs in the Western world who uh, are double in what we call African cuisine. Yeah. Um, previously, it was um, uh, Mediterranean, and I mean, yeah, Morocco and um, uh, and other North African countries. Mm. Uh, but now you look at some places where, for example, they are plating design. They're going to use uh, the banana leaves I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, especially if it's um, like canapes um, or finger foods or whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. And uh, they're going to borrow, um, you know, from, and this is visually, from, from other regions. Mm-hmm. Now, predominantly, and, and this is, I'll, I'll, I'll give Uganda as an example. Predominantly, or the predominant method of cooking is by steaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when you look across the globe now, you've moved from, um, which for me still, I believe in, you know, gas ranges and you cook on a griddle pan or you, you know, and now they started doing a lot more poaching. Okay. Okay. So, well, I mean, this could look like it's a scientific advancement, but I think a lot of people have realized the essence of steaming your food. Mm. Um as opposed to, you know, grilling it or braising it or what other method of cooking, you know, that is applicable. Yeah. So to a certain degree, it's still small. Um, it's, it's, it's a very small thing, but I, I believe the West is beginning to look this way mm. in terms of inspiration, in terms of new ingredients and new methods of cooking. That's good. I like that. It's about time that it started to happen. Besides, besides your yeah, your, your your business and and food, have you have you ever ventured into anything else? Anything with your? I mean, you mentioned that your father was in retail before. Have you ever done any or or thought of doing any form of um other other type of business? Yeah, well, I mean, I did work for my dad for a little bit mm-hmm. in his real estate business. Um, of course, it wasn't my thing. But uh, as a family, we we have an investment group. Um, and under that portfolio, we own a ranch mm-hmm. um, somewhere in southwest Uganda. Yeah. But we're developing uh, for a big cattle. Okay. And how many kilometers um, outside of Kampala is that? Uh, it's about 320 okay. something kilometers yeah. outside of Kampala. Yeah. Uh, it's at a place called Ntundamu. Mm hmm. Uh, we've got other holdings as well, some in and around Kampala, uh, where we do um, uh, produce uh, vegetables, uh, matoke, onions, carrots, green pepper, mm-hmm. uh, coriander. And um, now we've got another small holding where we're developing a dairy farm. Right. 
So for me, you can imagine this is basically um, because you know I'm at one end of the spectrum. I I cook food. Yeah. But it has to come from somewhere. <laughs> That's true. You know. So so there's an interest on that part as well. You know, yeah. what do the farmers do? How do they do this? And so now we're getting into that as a family. Um, I mean, besides also still, you know, uh, being involved in in um, property. Yeah. Yeah. And um, future, where, 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 where do we see yourself going with the next five to ten years? Okay, we've just lost Michael. We're going to get him back. We're going to quickly play another song, and then we'll close off the show. This is CliffCentral.com. Pan-African Connect on CliffCentral.com. Welcome back, Michael. It seems the gremlins don't want us to be talking today. <laughs> Just to close off, what, 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 are your, what are your plans for the next, your, your projections for the next five to ten years? Uh, well, uh, I mean, it depends. Are you asking on a personal level? Or? Uh, well, let, <laughs> we, um, we won't go too personal now. <laughs> let's, let, let keep, let's keep it to your, your, your business. Uh, well, um, I, ideally, there's two things that I'm looking at doing. Yeah. Um, one is I want to create uh, a center of excellence. Yeah. Um, for chefs. Mm-hmm. I want to create a platform where chefs can come and exchange ideas and encourage others to, to get into this business. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, offer some sort of education. Um, but, you know, we we'll, we'll provide you know, excellent tutoring and uh, training and so on and so forth. Yeah. The other one mm. is um, I want to establish um, a fine dining chain. Uh, but not only in Uganda. Uh, you know, my ambition is to go regional in yeah. East Africa. Yeah. And, you know, perhaps beyond. Um, so, yes, in the next five to ten years, I should be able to have a kid both. I, I, well, I see, I see, I see it happening. I see it happening because I think you're coming in at the right time. Because there's, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but there's a lot of interest and a lot of investment that's coming into East Africa, um, and with that, it's yes, bringing right, new right. trends and 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 you know other 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 attractive possibilities. So I definitely see it um, happening. Uh, you also have a very strong passion for for children and education. What what organisations do you support? Yes, I do. Um... There's um there's a national documentary mm-hmm. uh, called Malaika. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm involved with them. Uh, I used to coach at the girls rugby team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I moved away from the coaching responsibilities, and I'm now a president of the club. Oh wow! Um, yeah, there's a and it's a recognized club that uh, is actively involved in women's rugby in in Uganda. Mm-hmm. A uh, very uh, brilliant bunch of young ladies who, unfortunately, you know, lost their parents, and um, and I believe if it wasn't for this house that they're in, they'd be lost. Yeah. But you know, this is this is something that's important for them, and rugby has also given them something to do, something to look forward to. So yeah. I do spend a lot of my time with these young ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck. And what, 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 what bit of advice could you give to, to the youth who's out there who are, firstly, have a passion for something and they don't know, they don't know how to, 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 to pursue it? What, 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 what words of advice would you be able to give them? 
I'll tell you, um, whatever it is, whether you want to be a chef or whether you want to be a pilot or whatever it is that you want to be in life, mm. if you figure it out and, and you know that's what you want to do and you know that's where you belong, then never stop doing it. Yeah. Go after your dream. So it's always going to be difficult. There will be obstacles, but I, I believe anything can be achieved. Yeah. And there's nothing that's insurmountable. Mm. So if you believe in yourself, then, you know, the sky is the limit. Yeah. And something we didn't touch on earlier on, what the, the, the political situation um, in Uganda. I mean, you're going through some serious um, elections at the moment. Um, do you see it, yeah. a positive outcome happening? That, 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 that's, that's had, what, what, what is the word on the ground? Um, well, I mean, uh, as expected, there's, um, there's skirmishes and you know, little bits of violence here and there. Mm. But all in all, I think it's, it's going to be a um, successful election. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe Uganda is still a young democracy, so we still have a lot of way to go before yeah. uh, we mature politically. So, I mean, these are early days. Uh, you know what they say, um, when they're giving birth, it's always painful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think Uganda is still giving birth to its political child. And, but I believe everything is going to be okay mm-hmm. over the next uh, week or so. Yeah. Uh, before we know who our duly elected president is. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck, and we will continue to watch it, watch, watch, watch your your endeavors, and and see your businesses grow, and 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 stay in contact with us. Let us know what's been happening, and um, yeah, thank you so much for your time, and 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 all the all the efforts that you're putting into the culinary um part of the industry of Uganda. All right, thank you very much for hosting me. It's been a real pleasure, and I definitely will be in touch. Okay, have a beautiful day. Yeah. That was Chef Michael Bagana all the way from Uganda talking about his, um, about his uh, culinary journey from uh, studying overseas, working in Kenya and so forth. Uh, if you want to download the podcast, it will be up within the next hour. Thank you so much for listening. It's now five to four. Please tune in next week. Um, as we, we, we go Pan-African and we look at, um, South African and, and Ghanaian female filmmakers, um, and what they're doing and how they're making their mark on the, on, on the continent. Of course, if you want to give any bit of advice or you have any comments, my email address is rosie at rosiemutena.biz. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Speak to you next week. Pan-African Connect on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.